Hello, everyone. This is David Stanky with the Livewire Politics Podcast. We're going to skip our normal introductory music and jump right into the conversation. Um, just felt it wasn't completely necessary to start with some theatrics and musical undertones. Uh, when we're going to have maybe a very serious conversation, a very honest conversation about the shooting of Jacob Blake. You know, when this story came out earlier this week, of course, first intuition, reaction is anger and frustration, outrage, uh, among many other emotions I'm sure we all are feeling. It's one more continuous saga that is contributing to the civil unrest that our society is currently facing. And, you know, I wanted to share that when these things come up, these type of Uh, news events that I know are going to trigger additional civil unrest, I like to implore the 72-hour rule. And for me, that is, when a news event breaks that has incomplete information, I like to wait at least three days so that information can start to trickle in, and in hopes that that would create a more well-rounded, contextual understanding of the issue so we can have a rational conversation about it. Now, I think I have to just say it, this is going to have a lot of disclaimers because uh, this is a very multifaceted and a very sensitive subject based on where our society is at today. And this is being recorded on the 27th of August. So any information after this is obviously subject to change the trajectory or add Uh, additional color to the conversation. So I wanted to talk a little bit about what we know, what the facts are. Uh, I want to kind of stay away from a lot of the social uh, protesting that's going on within the sports leagues, NBA, NFL, MLB, uh, PGA Tour, among others. Uh, I want to stay away from some of the social commentary that we're seeing from various people online. I don't want to even mention Sean King's tweet, insinuating violence against police officers in Wisconsin. I don't want to talk about Robert Reich, former labor secretary under Clinton. You can see some of the tweets for yourself and realize that there is a narrative, unfortunately, that is being played. And I wanted to talk about what we know first. What are the facts? What has come out in the last few days that can help paint a picture for what actually happened, and maybe discuss a topic that is not being discussed whenever a police shooting of this magnitude hits the blogosphere as well as the mainstream syndicates. So here's what we know as of today. Police were called to a residence in which the girlfriend of Jacob Blake had called the police, stated that he was there unlawfully, and had taken her keys and wasn't giving them back. So the police arrive on the scene. They have an altercation with Jacob Blake, and within a three-minute period, uh, this all unfolds. So there's an altercation outside. Uh, There's an attempt to make an arrest. There is a physical altercation, and this is provided by video evidence, on the passenger side of his vehicle. The police officers then used a taser gun, which rendered ineffective. Jacob Blake, the suspect in this case, walks around the vehicle, followed by the police officers who now have their guns drawn and are providing him commands. He is not listening to those commands. He continues to walk over to the driver's side of his vehicle 
in which his three children are in the vehicle. Uh, he then proceeds to make a movement into the vehicle in which at that time the officer grabbed the back of his shirt and started to open fire. Uh, seven shots were fired. Um, Mr. Blake then fell to the ground. The paramedics arrived, and by the grace of God, he is still alive. So we have, the, we have since found out that the Wisconsin Department of Justice has confirmed that Mr. Blake admitted he had a knife on his possession. There is video evidence that shows the officer screaming, drop the knife. Police recovered a knife on the driver's side floorboard of the vehicle. And one additional fact that should be noted, and this is, again, this is a disclaimer. This is in no way a character assassination against Mr. Blake. This is no way to discredit the uh, justified or unjustified shooting. But this is contextual. At the time of the incident, there are court records that show that there was an active arrest warrant against Mr. Blake relating to charges of sexual assault, trespassing, and disorderly conduct. And of course, to be fair, it hasn't been confirmed if the officers knew that or did not know that before they engaged with Mr. Blake. So again, this, this is more or less the facts and what we know today. There more than likely will be more information coming out in even the days or weeks to come. Uh, there's typically a 30-day investigation that's done after these type of shootings, which will gather all of the information for us to see. And uh, again, this is not a an attempt to justify or unjustify uh, a man getting shot seven times in the back. Thankfully, he's alive. But in the broader context right now, one thing that is not being discussed in the national narrative is how to properly interact with law enforcement. And it's a touchy subject. I know that it's something that, you know, we don't want to talk about, but we have to talk about it because the vast majority of these type of interactions can be avoided if the suspect in this case would have listened to the commands of the officer in the first place. I know that we should never say that resisting arrest is an automatic death sentence, but we would say that resisting arrest in any shape or form puts you at a much higher risk of being in a life or death situation. You know, and again, I'm, I'm no expert in police tactics and training. I can't sit here and tell you that shooting Jacob Long in the back seven times was warranted. I don't know. But what I do know, and many of us know, is that everything that led up to that moment could have been avoided and everything that led up to that moment exhibited behavior of recklessness and a lack of care and concern for the safety of his children, himself, or the officers. But if I were to be honest, this is really a microcosm of what's going on nationally. We continue to have a lack of care and concern, respect, and empathy for our fellow man. In other words, we are failing each other. We are failing to have a dialogue. And there are too many out there that unfortunately are opportunists that are just waiting for opportunities like this to come up. And instead of actually having a conversation about it and maybe finding some teachable moments, it gets lumped into the larger context and the larger narrative of divisiveness in a zero-sum type situation where whenever one person is granted something, 
someone else has to lose. You're either for or against. There's no nuance. There's no thoughtful dialogue anymore. And we should always be on the right side of social justice and inequality. But at the same time, we have to ask, is this case of Jacob Blake so far meet the criteria of a systemically racist incident? Does it even meet the criteria of a massive abuse of power similar to George Floyd's situation? We don't know yet. We'll have to let it unfold. But while we do, is it prudent for us to continue to invoke violence against one another, to participate in violence and destruction of property in the name of justice? These are all questions I think we should be able to ask ourselves. And while we ask those questions, give the 72-hour rule a try. I'm going to leave a link in the description to two organizations that I've supported over the years, one being the Innocence Project, the other is the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Fund. Whatever organization you decide to support, support something. Be part of the change. For the Live Wire Politics Podcast, this is David Stanky.